0: Hey Conjurers, I'm Steph, and I'm Sham. Christmas can be a magical time of family, traditions, and celebration. Children excitedly wait for Santa to bring special gifts. Families gather to share food, memories, and laughter. Sadly, for some, the joy of Christmas only reminds them that their life is not what they had hoped it would be. For you this Christmas, we have a tale of a Christmas Eve when Santa brought horror instead of joy. was the night before Christmas in 2008. The Ortega family was gathering in Covina, California for their annual family Christmas party. The little well-off suburban town east of LA was beautifully decorated with lights and Christmas decorations. Families were gathered to celebrate and enjoy each other's company all over town. Joseph, who everyone called Papa Joe, and his wife Alicia Ortega had a lot to celebrate that year. Joe had retired earlier that year, passing the reins of his family business to his son, who had already expanded and grown the business to new heights. 70-year-old Alicia and 80-year-old Joe were excited to finally start this new chapter of their life. What better way to ring in this new chapter than with their five children, along with their spouses, and Joe and Alicia's many grandchildren? Altogether, there were approximately 25 people at the Ortega's home that Christmas Eve. After dinner, the adults moved to the living room for their family tradition of Christmas Eve poker, while the kids spread throughout the house and the backyard, playing joyfully with their new toys. Around 11.30 p.m., some family members decided it was getting late and it was time to go home. As they began the goodbyes, eight-year-old Katrina saw Santa coming up the walk, dragging a large wrapped gift behind him. She squealed with delight as she ran to greet old Saint Nick. She yelled, "Santa is here," as she excitedly threw open the front door. In his other hand, the man dressed as Santa was carrying a 9-millimeter handgun and immediately shot Katrina in the face. As he stepped over little Katrina, he immediately began firing at the adults gathered in the living room. In the matter of minutes, the scene went from a wonderful family celebration to a horrifying massacre.
1: Okay. I'm immediately traumatized. Like, what the hell? Imagining this moment literally sends chills down my spine.
0: Right? You can picture your own family Christmas. And of course, the little girl was excited Santa was there. She had no
1: idea. Any kid would be excited to see Santa. Please tell me no more children got harmed.
0: Most of the children were already out in the backyard playing by the pool, and the other children managed to flee out the back door. Once the man had shot everyone on the first floor, he made his way upstairs, killing anyone he found along the way. Once he was confident everyone in the house was dead, he unwrapped the large gift box he had brought along. Inside was a canister of racing fuel or jet fuel. The reports vary. To the canister, he had welded a bottle and a hose, creating a homemade flamethrower. Massive flames quickly began engulfing the entire house. One of Joe and Alicia's daughters, Leticia, managed to escape and jump the back fence. Using a neighbor's phone, she called 911, but she wasn't the first. Many of the neighbors had already called and reported a man dressed as Santa entering the Ortega's home immediately followed by gunshots and now appeared to be setting the house on fire. By the time police and firefighters arrived, the house was fully engulfed in 50-foot flames. It took 80 firefighters several hours to put all the fire out. Most of the survivors were children, and Leticia was rushed away to the hospital as doctors tried to save her daughter Katrina's life. Likely, the intruder wasn't expecting a small child to answer the door, and while the injury to Katrina's face was severe, she did eventually make a full recovery. Police weren't going to be able to interview the surviving family right away, so they started with the neighbors.
1: Oh my gosh, I felt like I was holding my breath for her. I am glad she's okay, but seriously, what could this family have done to possibly deserve this?
0: No family deserves this. Katrina survived, but her life was changed forever, and for what?
1: What did the neighbors say? Were they able to provide anything that could have helped hunt this man down?
0: Well, one neighbor told police that she saw a man drive away in a blue Dodge minutes before the police arrived. And she remembered it being weird because the car had no lights on when it drove away after midnight. Police had no theory as to the motive behind this heinous act. And were worried that the Santa Slayer was a crazed individual out to kill as many people as possible. How many other families could be targets while blissfully going about their Christmas traditions? They knew they had to find this guy and fast. A few hours later, just as they had feared, another 911 call came in about a shooting. A man named Bruce Pardot was found shot in the head by a 9 millimeter handgun. He was found in his brother's house early Christmas morning when his brother arrived home. Police found a 9 millimeter handgun in his lap and another on the floor. Police speculated that maybe he tried to defend himself, but the killer fired first. Police now had 10 bodies and no idea who committed this horrible crime or who would be next. All of the victims found at the Ortega's house were so badly burned, they had to be identified through dental records. Bruce nor any of the Ortega victims had a criminal history or any violent connections in their past. They all seemed like nice family-oriented people. Police decided the one outsider, 45-year-old Bruce, might hold the key, so they started digging into his personal background. Bruce grew up in the San Fernando Valley and went to college at California State University for computer sciences. Most recently, Bruce had been working as a software engineer at JPL, Jet Propulsion Lab. Bruce had a happy and loving childhood by all accounts, and he seemed to be living a good life. Then, in the 1980s, things started getting messy. He had a string of bad relationships. He was even engaged at one point, but he ran out on the wedding, leaving his bride at the altar and his guests very confused. Years later, Bruce was in an on-again, off-again relationship with a woman named Elena Luciano, and they had a son together. In January of 2001, Bruce was watching one-year-old Matthew while Elena was out. When she walked in, she saw Bruce holding the wet, limp body of her baby. He told her Matthew had wandered into the backyard and fell into the pool. While Matthew was in the hospital, Bruce stayed by his side night and day until the doctors announced he was stable and would live. After that, Bruce visited less and less until eventually he stopped coming by altogether. While the boy survived, he had suffered extreme brain damage and would never walk again and required constant care. The medical costs reached nearly three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and Bruce refused to help pay for any of it. Elena sued Bruce and was awarded a hundred thousand dollars from his homeowner's insurance policy, but Bruce never spoke to Elena or Matthew again.
1: Oh, he for sure tried to kill that baby. The fact that this poor excuse of a father didn't even want to help with medical bills says a lot. He should have been investigated at that time.
0: Sadly, it's not a crime to be a shitty father, and he acted like a loving and concerned parent for a while after the incident. So most likely, no one was
1: suspicious at the time. Where did Bruce go after that?
0: Well, in 2004, Bruce met Sylvia Orza, and they quickly fell in love. They were married in January of 2006, and their friends say they had a beautiful relationship. Sylvia had two children from a previous marriage, and Bruce thrived in his new role as husband and stepfather. Bruce was making $122,000 a year and provided a very comfortable life for his new family. They were happy and always going on adventures and hosting family dinners. That was until a year later, when Sylvia was looking through some tax returns and discovered that Bruce was claiming someone as a dependent she wasn't aware of. She confronted him, and he admitted to having a son, and he even confessed that he had abandoned them after the pool accident. Sylvia was devastated that he had hid that from her, but she wanted to work it out. Unfortunately, things only got worse. Sham will tell us how Bruce's life really unraveled after this short break.
1: Bruce was always worried about money, and Sylvia never understood why. She was under the impression they had nearly $100,000 in savings. Then in 2007, Bruce broke his knee and had to start working from home. Sylvia told her friends that the injury changed him. He didn't show any kind of joy, interest, or anything positive anymore. He became a hermit at his computer all day, every day. He would go days without changing his clothes and showering. They went from going on family adventures to him not participating in the family at all. She tried to be supportive, but after a while, she couldn't take it anymore. In January of 2008, Sylvia filed for divorce. The divorce proceedings were ugly. Sylvia claimed Bruce was transferring money to secret accounts trying to hide their savings. In July of 2008, Bruce was fired after he was caught billing his employers for hours he wasn't actually working and fraudulently padding his timesheets. He begged the court to grant him spousal support until he could find a new job, but the judge ordered Bruce to pay Sylvia $1,785 a month in spousal support. During the proceedings, Sylvia was giving her evidence of grounds for divorce. She told the court about his spending habits, his secret son he had abandoned, and his depression. Bruce was pissed that she aired out his dirty laundry he had tried so hard to hide from everyone. Look,
0: I'm sure divorce is never fun, but their proceedings don't sound that bad since they aren't fighting over custody or property i get that he was
1: embarrassed but it's not like it was televised i mean the one thing that he should be embarrassed and ashamed about is abandoning his son so play stupid games win stupid prizes
0: agreed i'm guessing bruce's decisions only got worse with this newfound anger though
1: while the police discovered a disturbing set of events while the divorce proceedings were going on on june 11th bruce went to burbank and bought a handgun with cash On August 8th, Bruce bought a second handgun from the same store, again in cash. On September 8th, he bought a third handgun, and on October 11th, he bought a fourth one. In California, there is a law that you have to wait 30 days between gun purchases, and he was spacing them out every 30 days. In October of 2008, Bruce's friend Steve, who lives in Iowa, invited Bruce to come visit him to get away for a while. Bruce agreed, and while there, he opened up about his troubles. He admitted that he was angry about how Sylvia had embarrassed him in court and how he was publicly fired from work. He also complained that his own mother wanted nothing to do with him and had supported Sylvia in the divorce. He blamed all of his troubles on Sylvia. When he got back from Iowa, Bruce went back to the gun store and bought a fifth gun on November 13th. The divorce was finalized on December 18th of 2008. After this deep dive, police finally understood the connection between Bruce and the Ortegas. Sylvia's maiden name was Ortega. She was one of Joe and Alicia's daughters and was the true intended target of that Christmas massacre. A block away from where Bruce was found, someone called in a suspicious-looking vehicle since it didn't belong to any of the neighbors. It matched the description of the car seen leaving the Ortega's house, but the plates came back as a rental. It was rented earlier that week by Bruce. Inside the vehicle, they found a Santa suit, and when they lifted it up, the suit and the car burst into flames. Apparently, Bruce had rigged the car to explode if someone tried to search it. Police also discovered that Bruce had bought a ticket to Iowa, but in the car there was $10,000 in cash, food, guns, ammo, as well as maps of the U.S. and Mexico. Police suspect that he bought a plane ticket so he could escape to Mexico while police were looking for him in Iowa.
0: Oh my god, he was planning this pretty much all year long.
1: This was very calculated, which makes it even sicker. He had so much time to stop and rethink this and still convince himself that murdering an entire family was justified.
0: Was Sylvia's family the only target he planned to kill? Also, it sounds like he had an escape plan all figured out. How did he end up dead?
1: Well, they also found a list of people he wanted to kill that night, including Sylvia's lawyer and his own mother. But he never got that far. In fact, Bruce's mom had been invited to the Ortega's Christmas party, but she was feeling sick and didn't go. Police also didn't understand, if he had so carefully planned his escape, why did he go to his brother's house and kill himself instead? The coroner had the answer. It's believed the flamethrower was full of racing fuel or jet fuel, which is extremely sensitive. At one point, the flames must have gotten out of control and his Santa suit caught on fire. When medical examiners examined his body, they discovered he had third-degree burns all over. That means he would have been in excruciating pain and couldn't possibly go to the hospital for help. It wouldn't have been a hard decision to kill himself instead. Police were confident Bruce was the Santa Slayer, but they wanted to be sure. Once they were able to interview Leticia, she confirmed that it was Bruce in the Santa suit that night. She confirmed Bruce showed up that night and started shooting everyone, but mostly trying to kill Sylvia. Once he killed everyone in the house, he took out his flamethrower and started spraying fire all over the place. Bruce unfairly took the lives of 80-year-old Joe, 70-year-old Alicia, 49-year-old Charles, 45-year-old Cherie, 51-year-old James, 52-year-old Teresa, 46-year-old Alicia, 17-year-old Michael, and his ex-wife, 43-year-old Sylvia. 13 children were orphaned that horrible night, and two other children lost one of their parents.
0: That is so messed up. How much PTSD must those kids have after seeing Santa Claus murder their parents?
1: Christmas is already hard enough for people missing their loved ones. Imagine the tragedy taking place on Christmas. It's now tainted forever.
0: What came from all of this?
1: After the shooting, some so-called men's right activists hailed Bruce as someone who was provoked by the injustice of the divorce system. They claimed his rampage was somehow justified because the courts had taken everything from him, despite the fact that he never wanted custody of his stepchildren and didn't lose any property. He was ordered to pay only a small fraction of value of the home and other family assets. The divorce took barely anything from him other than his selfish pride.
0: Fuck them. Bruce was a pathetic piece of shit who made a mess of his own life and blamed everyone else instead of taking responsibility for his own choices. This pisses me off.
1: Every day I wake up and I remember just how incompetent and evil people are capable of being. Forget Bruce.
0: How are the surviving members of the Ortega family now?
1: Five years after a man dressed as Santa Claus massacred nine members of her family on Christmas Eve, the surviving daughter of the Ortega clan, Leticia, worked to master her mother's pozzoli recipe to serve at a traditional family dinner that's forever scarred by tragedy. The recipe was one from Leticia's childhood and a reminder of festive meals she hadn't enjoyed since Bruce walked through the door of her parents' home and killed nearly her entire family. Leticia was the youngest of Joe and Alicia's five children, and that night she became the reluctant matriarch, maintaining the tight-knit family's traditions and keeping the survivors together. The remaining family continues to celebrate on Christmas Eve. They meet for dinner, exchange gifts, and share memories of those taken from them all those years ago.
0: Bruce blamed Sylvia for the mess he had made of his own life. He made the choice to rob her and everyone she loved of their lives. The Ortega family did nothing to deserve what he took from them. Survivors of that horrible Christmas Eve have to live the rest of their lives without the family they loved so deeply. My heart breaks for the children that had to carry on without their parents. One selfish man's actions changed their lives forever. May they find peace in all their Christmases to come.
1: The holiday blues can come in many forms, whether it's anxiety, depression, or PTSD. For that, there is a 24-hour hotline called SAMHSA National Helpline. The Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration offers a confidential, free, 24-hour, 365 days a year information service, available in both English and Spanish for individuals and family members facing mental health and substance abuse disorders. This service provides referrals to local treatment facilities, support groups, and community-based organizations. For more information, you can call 1-800-662-HELP, that's 1-800-662-4357, or visit www.samhsa.gov.
0: To view images, information, and sources from this case, visit our website at crimeandconjure.com. Research and writing for this episode was done by Stefan Sham. Editing of this episode by Denver Fortner Productions with music by Jordan Elena. Be sure to check out our Instagram at Crime and Conjure Podcast for the question of the week.
1: Steph, what's our bonus conjure tip?
0: The holiday season can be stressful for all of us. I want to encourage you to arm yourself this holiday season with Snowflake Obsidian. This stone is naturally calming and soothing. It teaches you to value mistakes as well as successes and helps you be gentle with yourself. It helps you recognize and release negative thinking and stressful mental patterns. Keep this stone with you to make your holiday season more relaxing and enjoyable.
1: So if you have the holiday blues like many of us suffer from, keep one of these stones on you. We'll be back next year with season five.
0: Until Until next time, time, stay stay vigilant, vigilant conjurers. conjurers.